to Recipes for Success with me, Heather Thompson. As a strategic career coach, mentor, author, podcaster and speaker, I help unfulfilled women discover their true career potential. Recipes for Success is a podcast celebrating diverse women defining success on their own terms. Success is a personal journey. However, by coming together, we can unlock the tools, inspiration and support needed to create our own unique path to success. Whether you're seeking guidance in your career, personal development or simply looking for motivation, Recipes for Success is here to give you food for thought. Tune in and be inspired to create your own Recipe for Success. Meet Suzanne Thompson, a former technology consultant manager at Accenture, a travel enthusiast and most importantly, the best little sister. Suzanne entered the world of consultancy as a bright-eyed graduate and built a successful career as a problem solver, helping large organisations implement change. More recently, she worked as a project lead in Accenture's Innovation Centre. Covid triggered a major transformation in her life. Last June, she packed in her consultant job and embarked on an incredible adventure, exploring the wonders of New Zealand, Australia and Fiji. Now home in Ireland, Suzanne is eager for a fresh professional challenge in a different field. She's taken the time to explore what might fit with her evolved values and priorities and she couldn't be more thrilled about what lies ahead. I honestly feel so honoured to be sharing this conversation with my little sister with you. We always have the best chats, albeit there's usually a little bit more wine involved than there was in the recording of this. We, we talk about making friends as an adult, solo travel, the need to disentangle your identity from work, why recognition matters, and the joy of tapping into creativity and your inner child. I have no doubt you're going to end up loving Suzanne just as much as I do after this chat. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Recipes for Success. Joining me today, I have my beautiful and wonderful uh, best little sister, Suzanne Thompson. Suzanne, you are very welcome to Recipes for Success. <laughs> I'm very excited to be on it. Ever since you told me, I've been like equal parts excited and terrified. So <laughs> <laughs> I have kind of got that vibe from your WhatsApp message. Yeah, you know, where you're like, okay, here's what you need. And then it's like, oh no, I can't talk about this right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I know in my bio, I introduced you as the best uh, little sister so I know that's always been a joke because obviously you're my only little sister but it's still a title that's well deserved so I'm delighted to have you here today. (laughs) Oh thanks very much I'm excited to do this. So Suzanne tell us a little bit about yourself I suppose in your own words. Yeah so I suppose I I, I describe myself maybe more personally before I go into the professional part because it's no longer as big a part I would say as of my identity I would describe myself as quite a, a friendly person um I love a problem and I love to see it through from that kind of initial something's wrong stage to that kind of final result and I do that through uh, all of my personal activities I love gardening I'm into kind of cross stitch um, and then obviously professionally that came through in terms of I, I started in Accenture as a as a technology consultant back as a graduate worked my way kind of up that career ladder got to manager COVID was definitely a big impact in terms of looking at what I do on a day-to-day basis and was it really in line with with where I wanted to go in the future Um, and the answer was kind of no so I I did initially do a a temporary move to the innovation center there before I kind of came to an end and now I'm more I went traveling for eight months to New Zealand Australia and Fiji and I'm just home And I'm eager to do a bit more traveling, a bit closer to home and to kind of see what is out there that's not in the same line as consulting. So before we kind of touch on the the travel and the the kind of the COVID kind of catalyst for you, like you mentioned there about problem solving. And I find it really interesting that the examples you gave were all sorts of creative, you know, like the gardening and, and the cross touch, like do you like how do you view creativity in terms of like how you live I always thought I wasn't that creative a person I always kind of I always think I struggled with coming up with that kind of creativity from nothing um but I think I've realized as I've kind of I don't know like progressed in my career in my personal life that I suppose people get their inspiration from different things so I definitely think a lot of the times I can't maybe come up with something light bulb there it is but I get inspiration I I would be more 
kind of creative and I would do research and I would kind of, you know, investigate what it could look like. And from there, I get kind of my inspiration. You know, I kind of need a base to, to get to that level of creativity. But I definitely found that even though, you know, I did a lot of tech work, so I did a lot of, you know, um, like designing computer systems and then helping people to implement them. But there was a lot of creativity in that. And I don't think I kind of realized how much and how much I enjoyed it until, you know, maybe in only in the last few years when I moved into that innovation center side and suddenly that creative part was the focus rather than maybe the the, the kind of background piece. Yeah, that's so curious because I actually would think of you as being extremely creative, um, like evidence and casement, like the little fairy hotel that's outside my front door that, that you made us. So it, isn't it so interesting how we can kind of have one perception of ourselves versus someone else's but like it's interesting what you're saying like creativity isn't always just like creating something from scratch it can be that ability to bring things together from your research or from what you've experienced to kind of create something new and I know like in your work life you were doing a lot of around like user kind of user interface and like design thinking as well which I suppose was kind of living that out yeah definitely and I think you know, the innovation center, the user be kind of became the focus of everything you were doing. So it, it became less around just designing a computer system and more around what did the user actually need. And then off the back of that, you designed your computer system where like in my first few years doing, um, we did a finance system. It was very much like, this is how it's going to work. And it wasn't until really late in the process that you actually brought the user in to see if it worked for them. And it generally kind of didn't. So, so I definitely think having that creative part like at the start is, is way more impactful. I do also find it like personally quite, um, uh, what's like the word, like, um, like I find it harder, I suppose, to, to do that up the front because it, it does leave a lot more uncertainty and kind of unknown yeah. versus just kind of saying, this is how it's going to work, right? There's an element of like, well, this is it. And like, let's just move on versus having to go through that, pro like there's a process that needs to almost go through to, to get ideas and to test those ideas out and then to put them against whatever your other parameters are in terms of money and time and stuff like that. No, it makes sense because it, it sounds like a very human-led way to kind of create something. And I would have done a lot of that, say, in my corporate career around kind of customer yeah. journey mapping and stuff. But you're right, it's, it's, it, it's even though it's probably, it is the better way to go about it, but it is like the, the harder way because you're right, it has impacts on, on other parts. Um, so you mentioned there about your travel and uh, also selling yourself short there in terms of like Fiji, Australia, New Zealand. I'm pretty sure there was also like a Hong Kong and something yeah, else in there as well. Bali. Uh, Bali. <laughs> um, but but I, I think like and, and I know um, from following along your Instagram and your travels like and even so many of my friends were kind of saying, oh, my God, like we're living <laughs> vicariously through Suzanne and our travels like you went solo traveling. So you did this trip by yourself. Like I know there's so many people who want to to travel, but are really like afraid to do it by themselves. Like what sort of advice would you give them or like how did you get yourself to a stage where you felt very comfortable doing a solo trip like yeah, that this was obviously my my second solo trip so my first one I did it in in 2019 I went to Southeast Asia and I spent eight months kind of there and that time I, I definitely found because that was my first time kind of going solo traveling I think you know a lot of people will be in the same boat like I'm in my early 30s now like I was in my late 20s then but like a lot of my friends were you know engaged or in relationships or buying a house or whatever it was so they weren't in the kind of space to go traveling and I was like well I really want to do it and I just made that decision and it was actually other people I think that freaked me out more than I was actually freaked out about it like people you know when you tell people you're going solo traveling they're like oh my god on your own I could never do that and I always find that's quite off-putting because like it's I feel like now it's it's so accessible to kind of do and I think you just need the right mindset to do it really because when you're a solo traveler I think it's all about meeting people right because you no longer have that fallback you yeah. don't have that one friend that you're taking with you or that group of friends that you can just hang out with you're kind of going out to a foreign country and it's like if you don't talk to people you know you're going to spend that whole time on your own and then you're going to have a shit time whereas actually if you open yourself up to go over and ask like say hello to someone or like can I sit here and then 
I've, I found, like, I, I had absolutely no issue with meeting people while there, and I found everyone was in the same kind of headspace, you know, they were all there to kind of have fun, meet other people, and then once you're over there, like, I felt a lot of that fear faded away, like, I think there, like, you still need to be wary in terms of, like, you know, taking care of yourself, especially, you know, at nighttime and stuff like that, but it wasn't... It wasn't what people were kind of telling me it was going to be like. It was way more fun and interesting and engaging. And I actually found it more enjoyable being on my own. Like I was now the master of my own time. If I didn't want to do something, I didn't have to. Yeah. 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 It, it, no, it's, that's so interesting what you're saying. It's like people were kind of putting like their limiting beliefs onto you where they were like, oh my God, like I could never do that. But like just because they couldn't do it didn't necessarily mean you Absolutely. couldn't do and it. And I even found like the second time around, um, you know, people were, you know, they just, it would be just comments. I'd be like, well, at least it's an English speaking country and at least, you know, like this and this. And you're kind of like, no, well, I did eight months in a, a country that wasn't English speaking and I, I was absolutely fine. Like, so I definitely find people put that on you and that can freak you out, which, you know, if you're, if, if your mind isn't hundred percent made up, it, it can put you off. And then, you, you know, you might regret it later on. Cause I think there's no harm. Go for it. And like, I always kind of said to myself, I always had a little fund that if, if at any stage that I was like, I'm done or, you know, I, I don't want to do this anymore, I could go home. Like, and there was no shame in it. Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's a great practical piece of advice, to be honest, is like, yeah, what's the worst that can happen? Like, try try in and you kind of have this kind of like emergency fund if if you do decide it's it's not for you. But I suppose like most things in life, like you don't know one uh, until you until you try. Um, And it's interesting what you were saying about like, like there's loads of other people doing the same thing like across the world and you know you're intentional about like where you're staying so maybe like in hostels or you're doing tours because that's where you're maybe likely to meet like other solo travelers and I remember so we had met at the end of your 2019 yes. trip we met in Japan yeah. for the World Cup and we stayed in a, a hostel and I remember you were like <laughs> chatting to everyone and I was like what <laughs> I, I was like thinking to myself god and I really noticed like how do you know like I was way more closed because obviously I, I had you know I had E, I had that group but you were so open and friendly and I really noticed that that time and I think it's like an interesting question about like making friends as an adult like how how was that experience do you know do you know what? I actually it's something I, I thought about a lot actually in New Zealand this time because I was there for the like I was there for five months total uh, for the trip and it I definitely found like in at home like here now in Ireland like it's, it's quite difficult to make new friends right everyone's already got their own kind of group of friends and how do you get into that or even starting something new like do you join a new club and how do you go from just going on a weekly basis to like being friends whereas when you travel like I've I, I definitely got to the stage where like you can kind of tell pretty quickly from a conversation if you're going to get on with the person or not like if it's an easy if it's easy yeah. to have that conversation or if you're like oh this is this is hard work. I don't think we'd be hanging out again. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I would definitely say that like once there's that kind of connection in terms of like, yeah, no, this is really like, it's really fun to talk to you. We have something in common. It doesn't always have to be everything in common, but like I'm learning lots of interesting things from you. And suddenly like you would spend like days with that person. You'd be like, Hey, I'm going to hang out at the beach. Do you want to come? And they, you know, um, and, and I would definitely say I have people now that um like I met while I was traveling I still follow them on like Instagram and stuff and if I was ever in their kind of area I would you know reach out um I even like in that 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 Asian trip like uh, there was a group of um there was like two Irish and a, an English girl and we hung out for like four days I think um and we didn't see each other since that Korea and then their last year like it'd been three years since we'd last seen each other they all came to Dublin and we hung out and it was like we had never like never had that you know it's like going back it's like instant like best friends again kind of thing like so I love that kind of like people are just way more open to it and like yeah no it's true I remember someone said to me before like sometimes the easiest places to make friends are like in holiday places so like at the airport and um like because people are are more open-minded like they are in that frame of mind um because you're so right like you know we all have our circles at home and, and I suppose I experienced that first on myself like having been an expat like living and working in Canada for six years um it, it was like it's totally different like making friends as an adult like it does require intentionality and effort and openness but it's very rewarding 
So yeah, I think it's like really interesting, isn't it? Like to kind of think about like making friends as an adult and kind of the different approach maybe that that takes from from when you're younger. You started off and you were kind of talking about COVID as well and how like that was sort of like a catalyst of change. So uh, maybe I'm curious, you know, if you think about your definition of success, what was it like pre-COVID and what is it now kind of post-COVID? Yeah, I think like pre-COVID, it was definitely, I think, the more traditional, like what people think of when they think of success. So like in Accenture, it's quite tiered in terms of like you 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 join with a, a group of people. So like the idea is that you're all starting at the same time. But then that also becomes a, a bit of a competitive streak as you kind of go up the ladder. Right. If you see someone else get promoted, you want to be at that kind of level. So the promotion cycles are very important. Um, and, and I definitely felt that like when there were certain times when I didn't get promoted and suddenly it kind of felt like oh you know you know it's linked so closely with my my self-confidence in terms of how good a job I was doing and I, I even remember like like speaking to you about when I didn't get that manager position the, the kind of first time around and like there was no specific reason that they could give me as to why I didn't get it say versus someone else and I find that like so upsetting and I think like even now when I think about it like it was so like it was so linked to my own like how I saw myself how I saw my success how I thought I was doing and it was so detrimental then that when I got to that kind of COVID piece and suddenly you were working you know in smaller teams you were doing kind of more work of a larger team and you were in your bedroom you were in a a house share in in Dublin like and you couldn't so we're originally from from Carlo and like you couldn't get home I'm based in Wexford like you've you know a brother in 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 Wicklow Mm. so like you were very cut off really from everyone that's it yeah and you're kind of just spending all that time kind of on your own you you don't get those like you know I would have gone home at the weekends or gone to you at the weekend you know and, and suddenly that's that's all kind of gone and like I, I used to go out to our granddad a bit because I could at least use the kind of excuse that I could you know I needed to go kind of help him so that was a bit of a kind of a break but I think when you strip back all of the you know those kind of extra benefits that you get a lot of the time from your kind of your corporate job you know like the, the free drinks and the nights out and, and the free stuff and suddenly all that was kind of gone and you were just left with that like day-to-day thing and it was taking up more of your time because you didn't have that commute so I found I was yeah. working through it um and I and, and I think like um you know when we were talking when we were prepping for this call you were talking about like you know you know the challenges to that and I think one of them is that like my 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 whole sense of identity like professionally was so linked with what other people kind of said yeah. of how I did not in terms of like did they like me or not like me but like I took so much of my confidence from the feedback I would have gotten on on projects and then when I think when I wasn't getting that then through COVID as well that was impacting then kind of my mental health that it was kind of I couldn't see how well I was doing and I remember even when I I first went to them and kind of said I don't want to do this anymore you know I want to leave they were surprised because they're like you're doing such a good job and I'm like am I am I you could tell me that (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah you're like could you just like you know ring me once a week and just tell me that I'm doing a good job it's it's so (laughs) interesting though this is the conversation like I've had with 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 some of my past employers and then with kind of like objective parties as well about like the importance of of recognition like why like I suppose why why was that important to you and like what do you think those environments could have done differently or better for you at that time um I think it was important to me because it's I suppose it's an easy way of of understanding where you're at how like how well you're doing is is kind of hearing that from somebody especially someone a bit more senior to you that's maybe running that kind of project that you kind of know you're on the right track you know you're kind of doing a good job um like, I do think they did have kind of measures in place, you know, to have those kind of feedback conversations. But I think a lot of it is also self-driven. And I think sometimes when you're in that kind of environment of like, there's so much to do and you're so busy and, and generally you're taking on maybe extra things for your, you know, your extra credit that you want, you know, because when it com- comes again to your promotion cycle, you want to be seen as not just doing your day job, yes. but doing all these extra kind of things. Um, and, and sometimes there's just no space left for that or you know there's no headspace left to hear maybe something that's you know maybe constructive but you're hearing it in a really negative way and then suddenly it's actually more detrimental kind of thing that makes sense and like I, I think I'd say a lot of people resonate I definitely resonate with what what you're saying there like is where 
like in COVID, like, you know, you, you're working in like the corporate sector, like the work seemed to expand to fill all of this extra time. Um, and I know like there's been many different experiences of COVID, like, I, you know, on on, on the episode yeah. with, with Judy, like she talked about how she had no work, like her whole work sort of disappeared. Yeah. So it, it's not that people had different or better experiences, but people did have different, I suppose be- they, they had different experiences rather than better or worse. But so so kind of pre-COVID, you were like on this very defined ladder. There was this sort of like competitiveness, like there was very defined kind of promotion cycles. Like I hear you saying, like I wasn't enough to just be good at my job. I had to be doing all of these other things. What, what changed like what changed in COVID and what have you done differently since? I think COVID kind of made me look at the the day-to-day job that I was doing and kind of like look at it quite closely and look at the future of it and see, you know, I was, I was doing a project that was, I, I could be on for the next two, three years, right? It was kind of a long-term project. And I was like, do I still want to be doing this in a year? You know, I started to look at the leaders there and kind of said, do I want their job? And like a lot of it was like, no, I don't, I don't want that lifestyle. I don't, you know, it just wasn't for me yeah. kind of personally. But there were still elements that I like. I definitely enjoyed. I don't think I would have stayed there for seven years if if there wasn't. Yes, right. Yeah. Um. And I think for me, like after doing the you know the the first solo travel, I think I had always wanted to do do that again, and I had always wanted to kind of do New Zealand. Um. And I just kind of felt like a right time to have that break because I kind of felt that, you know, even when I so I left the consulting side of the business, I had about seven weeks off before I joined the the innovation center when I just kind of moved roles and I thought seven weeks perfect you know that'll be enough that'll kind of recharge me and reboot me you know and and it wasn't really to be honest like you were so I kind of felt like well maybe a longer term change is enough to kind of and I definitely found it like when I went to New Zealand then it took me a couple of months to kind of get out of that mindset it kind of took me another while to actually sit with what I wanted to do and figure out you know where that is and I would kind of say I don't know. I still don't know yeah. where I want to go kind of next, but I definitely say my mindset has changed an awful lot in terms of like, that doesn't bother me as much as it used to do. Yeah. Like I don't, I know, like I don't worry now as much about like when people are saying, you know, what, what do you, what do you do for a job or something? You know, it's kind of a natural question. I think when, when you're traveling, right. People want to know like where you're from, what do you do? You know, and suddenly you're just like, yeah, no, I'm like, I, I used to do this. I don't do this anymore. I'm going to do something different. We'll, we'll kind of figure it out. Yeah, it's so interesting, though, because if you're saying like kind of one of the challenges for you is that you were putting so like so much of your identity was wrapped up with your work. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, you're not working. And like, that's the first question that people ask you, <laughs> you know, what what do you do? I, I can really what resonate with that. Like, it's a terrible question to like, first of all, none of you are working in this hostel in Fiji. So, like, yeah, wh- yeah. why is this re- even relevant, you know? It's like, surely, like, what are your hobbies is a, a better question to ask. But, um, yeah, I-, I-, I so resonate with that because it's 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 really easy. I- the person is asking to be able to box you off, right? Like, so they can help, like, figure out in their own head, like, where does this person fit? Yeah, yeah. And and even like when, when you ask me, like, I always find doing my intro really difficult because I'm like that, you know, that part of Accenture and stuff, like it's part of my history, it's part of my background, but it's no longer part of who I am. And it's so hard to introduce yourself without kind of touching on it. But it's but then it's kind of like, OK, well, what else do you kind of bring up? It's just like you're like, oh, you know, I love to travel. I love rugby. I'm like, but then sometimes people are like, oh, OK, but like, what did you like? Then they'll ask that question, you know, even if you don't bring it up they'll still ask that question yeah no it's true like I I always find it fascinating like even sometimes in corporates like the first thing so you were mentioning there like you were in that company for seven years like I've been in places where there's been a lot of tenure and that's 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 the first thing they'll do like my name is Suzanne and I'm here seven years and I always find that so curious I'm like what has that got to do with anything like surely (laughs) it should be like your impact you know like the difference that you're making not necessarily like your ability to like you know yeah I, I do appreciate that tenure is a, is a showcase of commitment and that many people evolve as you did during your like tenure there from a graduate into a manager but I find it quite exclusionary to maybe someone who is like newer in a company because they can never introduce themselves with that 
Yeah, yeah. And, and I always found when we did the innovation center, we were doing these kind of design thinking workshops, like something we always had to really think about was that difference in levels yeah. and how to kind of bring that to more of a, a kind of parallel line that people feel like they, so, you know, we used to come up with activities that wasn't about introducing you kind of gave a bit of structure to them. So like, I always loved the one where it was like, you introduce your superpower and it's like, yes. what is that one thing that you bring that you feel like, you know, you're, you're excellent at doing. And I always loved that one. Cause it kind of didn't matter if you were a CEO or like an analyst, like everyone had a different kind of superpower that they felt they were really good at and could bring to their, their company. Yeah. You know what I'm going to ask you now? What's my yeah. superpower? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's like, um, I, I, I think it's like that kind of organizational thing like if someone says an idea to me like I can instantly start to see where we could kind of go with it and then like even like our mom there like she really wants to go to Christmas market so the second she said it I was just like okay like let's like Airbnb and let's like look at flights and let's do this and I think I think she knows that and she plays on that <laughs> to be like right Suzanne is now organizing our Christmas market trip should in I, December. Should I tell our <laughs> listeners about the Excel sheet? Oh yeah, <laughs> I yeah, yeah. So, so it's funny. I'm actually quite organized as well. Probably, I wouldn't say it's my superpower like Suzanne's. It's probably more of a learned behavior. Um, but in like in in the corporate jobs that I've had, I've had to be very organized. So I've learned that. So kind of in my personal life, I, I tend to be a little bit more free flowing. Like I like to have an idea. I I like to you know me. I'll research three things and then I'll just do it. Um, and like I, I, and yeah. you know, I'll have a general gist that I'm going to the airport to go somewhere, and that's enough. So yeah. myself and Suzanne were wanting to go to, I think Amsterdam was it. Anyway, I Amsterdam, get a WhatsApp with yeah. like, here's the link to the Excel sheet, and I was like, oh, holy god! <laughs> I, I, I believe the message was like, never send me one of those again. <laughs> so I can confirm, organizational skills are are definitely uh, her, her superpower. I, I'm kind of curious as well, do you know, so I, I hear, like you're saying kind of pre-COVID then, like the definition of success was very much like the traditional one. And a lot of that was really, it's like those traditional work milestones and the promotions, but you're sort of like redefining that for your success, yourself, like like post-COVID. Um, and even though you're not, like, you know, you're not 100% certain what's ahead, like you're kind of feeling very like, recharged and like comfortable in in yourself yeah definitely we've talked a lot about before that I I think my first instinct was I always kind of told myself I come home and I give myself a month to kind of be at home and you know be be with family and stuff and then I would look into you know what kind of comes next and and then we talked a lot about um not just like not just jumping for the 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 first job that kind of you get offered or the first job you kind of see and and looking at what what my new kind of values and priorities are so like that's something I've actually been sitting with for quite a while um so that I know that then anything that I apply for will align with those and at least I'm not kind of going to end up in a similar situation you know because I do think I will go into something not not consulting that kind of that kind of uh, structure but you know something that does involve that kind of planning and organization and and looking maybe at an old process and how do you make it kind of better but I don't want it to be the same kind of structure as that kind of consulting world so so I think it's important to for me to like be very clear as to what I want out of it first before I kind of apply for these because if it doesn't line with that then you know I don't I don't want to end up in that in six months time and be in the exact same situation I was a year ago. Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's an excellent point, Susanna. And I know, like, as you said, we've discussed that and it's something like I talk to my clients about in career coaching and I've actually developed a career crossroads program for people who are going through like career change and, and that call out to values, like so, so critical, as you said, to not sort of end up back at the beginning again. Like, are you comfortable like sharing with us like maybe one of the values that you're sort of trying to embody in your job search now? Yeah, I think one of the biggest ones is 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 that kind of freedom element, right? I think I've realized that I do enjoy, you know, I do enjoy solo traveling. And while, you know, I, I don't know if I'd be in the same, I don't know if I'd want to go again for like another eight yeah. months or, or anything like that. I, I do think I'd like to do shorter term ones. So I, you know, I met some people that would go for a month or three months and then come home and then maybe work for, so I think that's a big part of it so I think you know like being able to remote work you know not being in an office five days a week like I don't want to go back to that and then I think 
the other freedom element is time like you know you get well paid as a consultant but your time is probably not that uh it's not it's not as great maybe your work like it depends on what you're working on it depends on how kind of busy you are so I think I would that money and time element I would I, I'd have more play with it that it doesn't necessarily have to be a big big salary if the time is poor you know I think there's a balance there so I think those that kind of freedom element of you know the kind of money to be able to to do that travel if I need to but you know have the time to do it and and not being in an office five days I think that is kind of my core new value kind of that I need to I'm kind of twigging into as to you know that time and money element in terms of what how much of which would I prefer to have and yeah, it, it's a great point. And I, I think it's something that a lot of people are sort of reevaluating post COVID, like even the whole concept of commuting, like, and, you know, how many lost hours that that gives. I think often, you know, we look at the salary and, you know, we just think, great, you know, that's like, that's good enough or that's a lot of money or that's whatever. But you're right. Like, how does that actually play out into your, your time or where you're working from or how you're working? Like all of those things can be, like quite valuable and quite motivating I suppose in, in a job yeah definitely and I, I definitely found like a lot like I, I've lived in I had lived in Dublin like since university basically kind of thing because that was where the kind of jobs were but then you're spending a huge portion of your 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 paycheck on, on that and, and now it's on rent and like now it's not even a case of like you're obviously spending more than I was even spending then and that was a lot but like it's the the lack of availability like I kind of feel like I've got to the age where I don't really want I don't want to share what kind of randomers anymore because I've had some really bad roommates and like that like leaves a mark yeah <laughs> a bit of trauma there that you're like I don't want to you know your home is such a personal space it's such a place of like tranquility and especially if it now becomes where you're working some of the time like I think it's so important to have that kind of break between you know where like because that's what I hated it was like we kept our because it was a shared house we kept all our common rooms separate because you wanted to be able to leave your room and go into the sitting room and not have somebody working there yeah but then you spend all your time in your bedroom so like I yeah if I if I want to do that remote working kind of going forward I don't want to have that situation going on as well because that wasn't like great either yeah no look it's, it sounds like you're very kind of clear there in terms of like what you'd need from a living space um and I you know talk, talking about housemates like I know at the moment like you're you're back like living in our like um our our, ho- our home house uh with our pa- yeah. parents and and our brother like as you kind of figure out this next move I mean I think there's a lot of people though in that situation now whether they're saving for deposits or like for houses or like you said like the availability like how how has that experience been like I, I find myself like so grateful that like we had like I had I was able to do this yeah. you know that kind of way that like I wasn't coming home and then having to go and rent somewhere or getting somewhere kind of for the sake of it so it was it was it was such a nice feeling to know that you had somewhere to kind of come back to um but I definitely find because it like you know we come from a farming background there's always stuff to be done yeah, yeah. It's quite hard <laughs> to to not do anything so and like because I you know I think I because I haven't been working I do like a bit of structure I like to be able to do something during the day that I can see you know a bit of progress and here there's always something to be doing like so you know I've been gardening and I've been painting gates and I've been you know moving cows when they need someone to fill a space (laughs) so yes no, I know you've been kind of fulfilling your creative expression there with like painting like doors and and windows and, and different things. Like, like a, a, no windows. Yeah, yeah, sorry. That's the sorry, that's the debate in the family WhatsApp group at the moment. So uh they're trying to convince Suzanne to paint the windows. Um like no. you, you talked a lot about like work, right? And you're like putting like realizing that you're putting so much of it your identity and confidence into work, but like I know you play like like other really important roles in your life like as a daughter as a sister as an aunt as a godmother and like family is very important to you um and and something I really admire is I think you have this great like connection into like fun and creativity that sort of like inner childness that you know you're always like when we're with our nephews like they love Suzanne because she'll get down on the floor and she'll chase them around and um you know like I like is that something that you are very intentional about cultivating or is that sort of just part of who you are uh I think a bit of both I think because um you know I've never lived like close to you know so to to the to Wicklow nephews say 
you know, when I see them, I want to give them that kind of time. And I think sometimes I suppose it's kind of that balance, right? It's like, I want to play with them, but then I want to catch up with, you know, our brother Ian kind of thing. And sometimes like, if you've started to play with them, then that's all yeah, like, yeah. So you're coming, you're coming with me kind of thing. Um, but no, I, I like, I think some of it's natural that like, I enjoy being kind of creative. And I think there's something about kids, like when they're that small, that's like, everything's just so wow when I, yeah. like, I love that feeling where they, they see something and it's just like oh that's amazing and I feel like we lose that as adults yeah so I definitely find I find like I get the reaction I want from them that maybe I wouldn't <laughs> get you know, <laughs> you know from an adult when I do something that like you know I take them out to like the little fairy garden they're like oh my god that's amazing I'm like yeah it is just like, what a job I did <laughs> I could be the next Santa I'm not cool <laughs> <laughs> no it- yeah, and I think like there's an yeah an ego thing too like I love I like I love when they're like oh like, you know you're so fun and you're like yeah I am yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no it, it, it's a lovely and I think it's a lovely trait to kind of continue to cultivate as an adult like that sort of like ability to like play you know like when you talk about success and performance like I always like thought that like play was a really important part of that like and in my corporate roles you know I would try to incorporate that with you know fun events like drag bingo and an after yoga and all this kind of bizarre (laughs) stuff like but it is just kind of keeping like like you said it's that um sense of awe that children just have naturally but sort of gets conditioned out of us as we get older yeah, and I, I definitely think one thing, the things I've noticed is that I started to kind of tell myself that I'm like, oh, I'm not that kind of person, right? So yeah. Like, you know, we're, we're we're both learning, say, French at the minute. And I always kind of told myself, no, I'm I'm not good at languages. And that was kind of my get out clause to not even try. Um, so I think that even that curiosity that they have is like, I, I quite enjoy it that now I start to question, you know, some of the stuff that I would have always said, no, I didn't like that. And, and now I kind of dig into it and be like, well, maybe there's elements yeah. that I didn't like. But, you know, I like, I love to learn new things. So why can't that be a new language? And then that can feed into my, you know, my travel addiction. That's like, you know, when we go to France, that now we can kind of bring that in and and you get that kind of travel experience with learning a new language and kind of getting yourself out of that comfort zone. Because it's quite, I find it quite a scary feeling when you're no longer in kind of control and you, you don't have you know especially with language if you can't explain what you're trying to say it's quite it, it can be quite emotional it can be quite um off-putting and you just revert back to English because it's just easier yeah it, it's a great point though like, and it's kind of what you're saying about like identity right like we can start to get these like very short up identities from like past beliefs like I'm not good at languages I'm not sporty yeah. like or, or, or the opposite like I am a, a consultant like I am this um, and you're right, it's sort of like holding up those beliefs and like statements and saying, is that still true? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And kind of like really like like giving it another try. You know, I always I always say to I, I always try coffee like about once a year because I'm like, maybe I'll like it this year. And Never like, happens. Nah, nah, so I'll like it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's kind of you just have to try it it's the same with people that told me that they're like oh, I could never go solo traveling have you, have you ever have, tried it yeah. no like you know like go for a weekend but sometimes people then go and they're in that mindset they're like I'm not gonna like it so you're obviously not gonna like it you're not gonna talk to people you're not really gonna try new experiences because you've already decided that that's not my kind of thing right or or you're worried about what other people you know especially I think in the age of social media you you want to be putting a certain I suppose persona kind of out there um and you might not try something then because you're like no I don't want to be the person that likes these things or you know it becomes very no I I totally get I really resonate with that like something I've had to learn is like I realized like I I don't like doing things I'm not good at um so I always remember growing up like I hated bowling and it was because I was no good at it and I would get really mad Um, and I remember like two or three years ago, like we went surfing and I knew I would be rubbish at it. Um, I knew my husband yeah. would be good at it because like I could train for something for three months, be awful at it and he'll just like do it and be good at it. But I deliberately yeah. did it because it is about like get the new experiences, like trying something and like trying to, I think it was me trying to be less regimented in like who I said I was, you know? Um, but like I, I get it like you know on social media era you know like seeing yourself wave like uh, plant a wave or whatever like is probably like not <laughs> encouraging you to do it but 
um, I do, I do think it's an important thing to do. Like, was there an experience you had when you were traveling, like that was like that, that like really kind of pushed the boundary of who you thought you were? Um, no, I don't think there was kind of one one moment. Um, I I definitely found that um it was kind of more of the the longer term kind of traveling that like I would always kind of consider myself quite like I can be very outgoing but then I need like you know that kind of time afterwards to almost kind of reset and kind of get back up to my kind of energy levels and I think sometimes with traveling um that take kind of longer because you're 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 sharing with people and then you're generally around people kind of all the time so I definitely found like it would get to the stage if maybe I spent like three or four days with someone that like I could feel myself getting like short tempered and you know I wouldn't have the same kind of energy to kind of do things and like kind of I don't know reevaluating that and kind of trying to like be like this isn't this person's problem like it's this is just I'm a bit tired and like I need to figure out what it is I need to do to get back to that kind of yeah to myself kind of thing and I, I think getting to know myself was the kind of biggest thing like you spend quite a lot of time with yourself like you know eating by yourself and stuff like that and and that can be really awkward for for people that people are like oh I can never eat by myself and it's like well what do you need to do so I think yeah it was just more getting to know myself like spending so much time with myself realizing where where my limits were in terms of you know people and and how much time I could kind of be that kind of interactive person and then when I needed to go right I just need some like a walk by myself and like recharge and then kind of go back to it no I love that and I think it's like you know spending time with yourself like does allow you to kind of get to know yourself better and I think that's great to kind of having that like kind of self-awareness around like I love connection I love meeting you know making new friends but you know every there's a period I'll need a rest day sort of for myself to yeah. to, to recharge and I, I think a lot of people like I would resonate with that as sort of an extrovert an introvert that uh, I love connection I love people and um, but too much of it can can drain me so I do need to have some of those pockets of alone time and I know when we travel like we're very conscious that like I'm a morning person you're a night person and we try no, to like yeah. be that there was a very adamant nod there on the video for anyone listening <laughs> to audio um, and we've <laughs> learn to kind of respect that about each other and that like you are not insulted if I'm got up early and I went and got a coffee and a croissant and come back like it's not me trying to exclude you from an activity and equally you know the same in the evening like if I head off to bed and you're watching tv like you're not insulted that I didn't stay up with you you know yeah definitely and I think like we've gotten through that because like we know each other kind of so well and then it's kind of how do you you know I I think when I was traveling it was like how do you kind of vocalize that and let other people then know that it's like you go have a great time I'll like I'll catch up with you later right you know I want to just have I want to read my book for half an hour and I think you have to just be a bit more conscious of it I suppose and kind of kind of vocalize it that you know especially because like generally you're only seeing these people maybe for a day or a couple of days and if they've just met you this morning and you were in great form and then you're like yeah but I've spent the last five days you know being on yeah you know it's so I think it's yeah you kind of have to be even aware of it yourself because if you're not you're just kind of keep going you're on autopilot you're not really enjoying yourself people probably aren't maybe enjoying your company as much or you're not enjoying their company right regardless of what they think of you yeah it's sort of a negative perpetuating cycle then isn't it I think that's a great call out for anyone who's interested in in solo travel it's also like take the time at the start of the trips to to figure out these balances and boundaries and because you know maybe it's like if you've tried it before and you didn't have a good time it could be related to something like this where you were trying to like live out the blueprint of do you know like you know when you go on those like sort of travel department things and it's like 10 days like all in intense like group everything like honestly I think that would be my worst nightmare um, <laughs> so like maybe maybe there's something there for people to think about um do you know is like how were you doing it like is is there a different way that would be more suited to like you as an individual and um, before I go to our last question I'm sure our listeners will, will be really interested but where's next like where is your next adventure Suzanne yeah, like I, I had been kind of pondering it a while, like there was a part of me that wanted to do, I think my next, if I was to do another kind of big travel piece is to work and like, I really want to live somewhere yeah. next, you know, and not just kind of travel because I love travel. And I think, you know, New Zealand was great. I spent maybe, you know, a week in a place, right. But even a week is not that long. So I think if I, 
I played a lot around in my head around maybe do I go somewhere in Europe and I work there I think you know being home for me at the minute is is more of a priority in terms of being around but you and, and my nephews and my, my parents and stuff that you know I, I don't want to go that far afield so at the minute I'm looking into reskilling so kind of upskilling in kind of a new area and I think I've been thinking a lot about what I liked about that kind of consulting area in my life and, and a lot of it is around that kind of user design and very good that kind of organization you know how do I get someone from a problem to a solution um so I'm kind of looking at that I'm, I'm trying to look up courses at the minute that I can kind of be upskilling while like part-time yeah but yeah like as as in terms of a set path not yet but I definitely think it's starting to kind of form and the more it's kind of forming in my head and the more I kind of speak about it um like I, I feel so much more comfortable about it I think than I would have done even you know a couple of months ago when I was really up in the air and and I quite enjoy figuring it out and like you know delving into stuff and kind of seeing you know how would that kind of work for me and um I think the next challenge will be when I do get to a stage of applying for jobs, like that kind of interview process, because it's been so long since like I interviewed for a job that. Well, do, selling lucky for you, your sister's job. a career coach. So you'll have, I, uh, <laughs> offers interview packages. So uh, you'll have a heads up there. But I, I think that it's a good call out to you. Like often we want to try like rush straight to the destination. Like what is, mm. like what is the next job and where should I live? But I love what you're saying that it's been this kind of, uh, process of discovery and like every month like something's being made like clearer and clearer and something I'm really passionate about what you're talking about like those transferable skills you know so again like yeah. we get ourselves so hold in and the identity of being like a management consultant but you're right like there's skills that you learned there that you can take into like a new industry the problem solving the organization the human-centered thinking uh, and all of a sudden then like so many more roads and paths and worlds open up to us. And I, I think a lot of it is about <clears throat> kind of, I think for me anyway, it was about realizing that and being able to sell that like as myself. Yeah. I think when I was in, when was in Accenture, I didn't need to, right? Yes. I had this kind of reputation of what I kind of did. And, and I just like the projects would kind of come to me almost. I didn't need to kind of go looking for anything in particular. So I, that was always like a big mindset blocker for me for getting out because I was like, but now I would need to figure out. So, so I definitely felt like the last few months have kind of helped me or the last year really has kind of helped me to actually dig into that, understand what parts of it I liked and now actually be able to talk about it in a way that I'm like, yeah, I can do. And I have the confidence again, I think to say that, yeah, no, I can do that. You know, like, whereas I had lost that, like by the time I had kind of left, I had zero confidence in my own abilities. Kind of, I was kind of like, why are they still paying me? Whereas, you know, now I'm back to like, no, I was good at my job. And I know it was because of these things and I can take hope, like I want to bring that into my next, you know, challenge and, and, and hopefully have that kind of passion again to, to really drive it. Yeah, no, look at it. And we all like wish you like the very best on, on that journey. And we can like hear your, you, you know, you talk about the passion that's there and, um, you know, like any, any company will, would be lucky to, to have you maybe just to finish, um, like something I ask every guest, like, do you have a quote or a phrase or like a piece of advice about success that you know you maybe you wanted to share that has always sort of resonated with you um I, I always think it's probably around that kind of ability to say no um I think sometimes especially if you're kind of coming up in an organization I definitely found as a graduate no was this kind of dirty word and everything was even framed to you as being this opportunity right it was a growth opportunity it was a learning opportunity but I think sometimes you have to kind of protect yourself in terms mm. of your time and your kind of mental health. And I think learning to kind of say no for the right reasons. Um, or even I always find like one of like an excellent skill to have is kind of saying, okay, well, I can take that on, but but then something drops, to, right? Yeah. You can't, yeah, you know, you can't keep adding on to it. So I think learning kind of learning what you're capable of and then being able to kind of you know communicate that back to whoever you're kind of working with that you can't just kind of constantly take stuff on because it'll have such an impact on on your work like the level of work you can do and on your mental health that it will like have such negative impacts that if you can learn to do that early yeah um, and in a kind, kind of concise way it's not just, just that you're saying no but you're kind of saying I'm doing this so something has to give um 
it's, it's such a especially in that kind of corporate world I think it's so important to be able to have that skill yeah no look I think it's a great piece of advice and I, I know there's a lot of conversation around boundaries and like as we talked about in COVID you know because boundaries blurred so much between like home and work life I think a lot of people are re-evaluating those boundaries and I think that advice to learn like not only just saying no for the sake of it but why you're saying no and how to communicate that in a positive manner um is definitely a great great takeaway Suzanne we're absolutely delighted to have you here on recipes for success thank you so much for sharing all about your amazing uh, solo adventure travels um the many roles that you have and and all of that kind of change in in, in values um and identity that you've gone through i think it was something that will will benefit our listeners and yeah just thank you so much for coming on and being so open with us oh well thank you for having me i've definitely really enjoyed it i definitely think it felt after the first kind of 10 to the five minutes i feel like it felt like a conversation and we kind of got into it but yeah it's always a pleasure heather to spend time with you so yeah absolutely. anything and- i can ever do always uh, amazing and i'll drop uh, suzanne's linkedin profile in the show notes as well so if you um like if you if you think that is you if you want to if you want to check around and learn more about her experience and that's a good place to go so thank you and i'll see you on the next episode of recipes for success thank you If you've enjoyed this episode of Recipes for Success with me, Heather Thompson, I will be grateful if you can take a moment to rate, review and subscribe on your favourite podcast platform. I love reading your feedback and it will help others find us. Visit my website, thesuccesscoach.ie for more resources and information on how you can work with me for personalised career coaching. Remember to follow me on social media at successcoachheather, all the one word, on Instagram for updates, behind the scenes content and sneak peeks of upcoming podcast episodes. If you have any suggestions or topics you'd like me to cover, please feel free to reach out as I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, thank you for listening and remember your success story awaits. (laughs) 